Monet, I was just looking up the Anchor app. Have you heard about this? I've heard of it. Something to do with podcasts, right? Okay, so Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's absolutely free. Mm-hmm. And they have this like creation tool that lets you record a podcast and edit it right from your phone or your computer. Oh, that's right, because they can distribute your podcast for you, and it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all the other podcast distribution places, right? Oh, and you will get the listeners, honey, and when you get the listeners, you make the coin thought mm-hmm. but here's the crazy thing. You actually don't have to have a minimum listenership to get money. You can still make coins. So it's essentially every single thing you need to make a podcast all in one place. Oh, you're just so tickled. You love the idea of making podcasts. I love you, Monet. I love you. Now listen, if you want to download the free Anchor app, you can also go to anchor.fm and get started. My name is Bob the Drag Queen. And I'm Monet Exchange. And this is Sibling Rivalry. On this week's episode, we talk about the time Monet met Bette Midler. We discuss transracialism. And we find out what made Monet say this. So now we know why Jacob be smiling all the time on his damn podcast. And we find out what made Bob the Drag Queen say this. I might not be able to do comedy. I might not be able to perform well. My outfits might be shit. My makeup might be horrible. And we find out what made our special guest Keisha Carr say this. Do you understand how genetics work? I am so happy to see you. I was happy to see you too. So I was having a conversation with, with a friend today and we're, I, I don't know how we got on, on the topic of Drag Race and we were talking about how, like how rude cast girls for the show. And I was like, well, it's not rude. There's like a, there's like a casting agency. I think Rue's part I, of the process. Right, right, right. So I'm like, so it's the casting firm. The casting firm gets like these thousands of, of submissions. I don't think they're with the casting firm anymore. Well, they the were. The casting firm casted me. Me they, too. Did, they, did it, they did it for me too. And I was like, so it's a casting firm or some type of casting agency. They get all of like these thousands of tapes. They narrow it down. Clear, everyone, it, it was called the casting firm. When yeah. I joined Drag Race, the casting company was called the casting firm. Same. And then they whittle it down and yada, yada, yada. And he's like, but I heard the story about how like Rue went to go see Bob to cast him. I was like, well, what I think happened was. I don't think RuPaul was like, I'm leaving L.A. and going to see Bob to see if I want him on the show. I think what happened was Ru was in L.A. for, I think at that time it was Watch What Happens Live or something like that. And Ru, they probably had it down to like to, for Bob and they knew that they wanted Bob on the show at that point. And Ru was like, oh, um, he probably like texted Theron like, what's that, what's that queen of New York City that we want? Bob, right? And Ru probably looked at where you, where you was at. And then Ru, I don't think Ru was in L.A. Why are you hating? House. Why are you hating? Why are you hating? <laughs> I don't think Rue was at his house like, I'm going to fly to New York to see Bob. I think it, he was in New York and he was like... We're, you I think mad because RuPaul didn't come see uh, Turn It On Sundays? Uh, RuPaul you did mad? come see me. RuPaul did come see me and Miss Cracker while you talking. That is a absolute lie. Absolute lie. You know what? We'll get Miss Cracker on the podcast to, to verify that. RuPaul came to my show and tweeted about me. <laughs> also, and well, that was the night Thorgy was there too, wasn't she? That was the night you had that white face and the and the blue outfit and the white and the hair. No, it was not that night. It was that I was wearing the blue. Do you remember I used to wear that blue tube top harem pant outfit yes. that was blue and white and black? It was that night, and I had on a white wig, uh, a horrible, horrible white wig. I was like, I don't know why she came on this night, girl. <laughs> um, but did I tell you the full story, including Kathy and Jimmy? Have I told this story on the podcast before? 
I don't think it's, I don't think you told it on the podcast, but I know about the cruise. Go, but good, tell it. So what happened was I was on a cruise and Catherine and Jimmy came to see me perform in this. I was doing this like show and it was it was huge. Was she headlining was, as well, or was she like a no, vacation? No, she, she. I I was I was in I was in headlining. I was like a, so when you're on a cruise ship, there are headliners who are on like the main stage. It's like a huge stage at the very end of the ship, and though or and those are like that's like the big 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 show. Catherine and Jimmy was doing that show. I was in one of the small cabaret rooms doing uh-huh. shows because I couldn't get a crowd that big. So it ended, it ended up getting really popular. Everyone just loved me, and I did an encore show. It was it was one of the, you know those nights. You have a wild electric night. The crowd's going crazy. Yeah. They're wanting encore after encore. It was one of those nights. And then I was just, I was on fire the day, and then Kathy and Jimmy was like, you need to come meet me by the French fries. So I went up to the French fries, and I met Kathy and Jimmy there. And she was like, what's your name? I was like, my name's Bob the Drag Queen. And she was like, you're really great. I was like, thank you. And then she said, hold on one second. She pulled out her phone and she dialed some numbers. A Motorola Razor. It went to voicemail and she said, RuPaul, I am sitting here with the next winner of your show. You need to call me back. Yeah. And that was, and then, and then about a month later, RuPaul showed up at my show, came to the monster and was like, is Bob the Drag Queen working tonight? Which is so crazy to me that Ru really be looking for the next queen. Like when RuPaul said that she that she knows Tamisha Iman, or when RuPaul says, like on Drag Race UK, she goes, everyone knows I'm a fan of Lawrence Chaney. Like she be knowing. Like she really yeah. do look at at Queens. And, and I, I just love the parallels of that because you know my story. I was um I went to um Aspen Ski Week just to do whatever and Bette Midler, she was doing like her cabaret show like on like at Aspen Lodge. She was doing like her thing. And she had like the big venue on As- at Aspen Gay Ski Week. And I had like one of the smaller ones I was performing at doing like my little show. And I had like, I mean, it was a phenomenal, phenomenal show, Bob. Like everything. People were living for me that night. And then Bette Midler, she, I saw her at the, at the thing the next day and she was like, what's your name? I was like, Monique Shane. And she was like, meet me by the Tater Tots. And then we went to the Tater Tots and we were talking. And then she, pu- then she pulled out her beeper and she, um, and she was the nineties. <laughs> okay, first of all, Monet, beepers don't beep going out. They receive beeps coming in. It's not Morse code, Monet. <laughs> Beep, beepers don't sit. Are you old enough to know what to know about beepers? I don't know about them, but I remember like them being a thing. But I obviously didn't. I wasn't old enough to have one. And then when I was old enough to have a phone, they were obsolete, girl. They were done. So I had a beeper. My mom had a beeper, and. It, it's it's really, so it's, it's either called a pager or a beeper because it, it beeps or it goes zzz, zzz, um and it's just and you wear it on your hip it's about the size of half of a phone maybe like that half up there like it's about that size that little That's bit there crazy. if you're watching this on YouTube and you clip it to your hip and then so to get a beeper to be activated you have to go to a phone and you call the beeper number and then you put in a phone number and then the beeper shows you a number and then you look you at the call number that and number then you back. call that number. Okay, but okay, so were beepers and but so so beepers and cell phones weren't but yes, yeah, cell phones were in the early nineties, those big cell phones. So why not to have a fucking yeah, phone? But a beeper but a beeper was like five dollars a month. But they were really inexpensive. I remember paying for my own beeper. Now then they had this other message that was uh, this other service a little bit later where they where they were pagers, they were longer. Two way pagers. You would call, and it wasn't two-way pages. No, no, no. You would. Oh. Call, this is why they call those two-way pages. You would call this number. A person would pick up, 
and you would say, Mom, can you please bring home some eggs and sausage? I'm really hungry. And they go, let me read it back. Mom, will you please bring home egg and sausage? I'm hungry. And you would say, yes. They would say, thank you. And then they would text my mom for me. That is so crazy. Do you remember these, Jacob? Are you old enough for, are you too old, too young for Beavers and Pagers? But yeah, I remember, girl, and I used to blow my mom's pager up. I would call this lady. This lady was like, you again. <laughs> Wait, so it was like some, some, some person would like pick, like an actual human being would pick up on the thing. A human being would pick up and say, what's your message to Martha? And then I, I would say my message and they were like, let me read it back to make sure. Is that correct? And I say, yes. And they would say, thank you. And they would send the message. That is literally that how is crazy. I mean, it sounds, I st- I'm still <laughs> gagged at the fact that Netflix used to mail DVDs <laughs> oh my God. to our houses. That is wild to me. Well, you know, um, there's still like that. That goes on. It's called GameFly. GameFly. It's kind of like the old Netflix. You can subscribe to GameFly and they mail you games in the mail. You pay like a monthly subscription of like twenty dollars a month, and they send you games, and you can play for as long as you want, and then send it back, so you don't buy the game. But at that point, I guess it was worth it. I, I never did GameFly. I can't believe you and I are right at the breaking point of age where you never used a pager or a beeper. Yeah. That is so wild to me. Yeah, because I didn't it have was. That in my life. They were huge. Beepers and pagers were massive, and to have one was. It was way cooler than having a cell phone. Having sidekicks were cool. Way sidekicks cool. were cool when I was like in that time. I mean, there were sidekicks. I remember uh, Jay Z sung about sidekicks in one of his songs, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, also the Motorola Razor. Oh my God, the Motorola Razor. This phone was, which iPhone was not shit. If you had a Motorola Razor, you were the coolest person alive." Should we should, should we put together our own? You remember MTV's guy code and gay uh, and girl code? Should, should we should we put together queer code and talk about like queer iconic shit and like those same like talking head things and like show like video clips? Should we do that? Should we start our own? Should we Wait, put just let me ask Zach, Zach, can I ask you a question real quick, Zach? Yeah. Uh, you have to come over here by the mic. I know you can. Do are we're we're about the same age? Do you remember beepers and pagers? Yeah, my mom had one. And did you ever have the one where you would actually call? And then talk to the person, and they would send a text message? I don't remember that. Oh, my, my mom had one of those. It was paid for. My mom had a pager and a cell phone, and she would keep the phone off, and you would beep her, and then she would turn the phone on and call you. That is so, that's that so crazy. That sounds... <laughs> All right, thank you, Zach. That sounds like a... That's too, that's too much. That's crazy. I remember going to the... pick. You would pick up a... I know I said you pick up a phone, you dial this number, you dial <laughs> your number into the phone once you call the other number, then that person gets your number, and they say... And then they had to memorize your number. They have to be like, oh, this is Zach's number, and then go back and call that number. That is too much. But then do you also remember um, you had like 40 minutes for the month, and then you were like, call me when it's nights and weekends. Yes. Oh, yeah. Of course, yeah, that I, I was around for that. Or after oh nine, after nine. But also, that's not some, like like some Flintstone shit. Because in Flintstone, they would pick up the phone. Fred would say something and it'd say, say something. Thing there would be like a little man in the cabinet, and he would like write it down, like etch it down. Then he would run over to Barney's house and then go in Barney's cabinet, and then Barney would pick up the phone and he would be like, "Fred said to call him tomorrow." Like that sounds like that's literally what what I'm well, hearing. Girl, the crazy thing is that the Flintstones was more like the future than the Jetsons. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but today's episode, we're, we're talking about a really uh, uh, interesting topic to both Bob and I, and we have a very special guest. I'm really excited today, Bob. 
I'm very excited. It's going to be absolutely stunning and amazing. And I reckon we should bring her in. Work. Let's do it. This episode is sponsored by Apostrophe, a prescription skincare company for people that are ready to take care of their acne seriously. Prescription acne treatment really works, but it's hard to get. You have to take time off work to see a doctor and sit in line at a pharmacy for your medications until apostrophe. Now, apostrophe makes it easy to see a board-certified dermatologist online. You'll get treated immediately and your medication delivered to your home. Simply fill out Apostrophe's online questionnaire about your skin concerns and medical history. Then just snap a few selfies and your dermatologist will get back to you with a customized treatment plan tailored just for you. And the best part is that Apostrophe offers topical and oral medications so you can treat your acne from the inside out and the outside in. Apostrophe treats acne and they can also help you hit other skincare goals. Have you ever had dark spots after a breakout? That's called post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation or PIH. And apostrophe has prescription medications. That's the most effective and fastest way to get rid of your dark spots. You know, I wear a lot of makeup. I don't know if you all know this. Contrary to popular people, I wear a lot of makeup. I glue a lot of things to my face. So I'm always trying to cleanse my skin. And that's why I decided to reach out to apostrophe. And skincare is important to me because I mean, I'm a drag queen. My face is my brand. Get $15 off your first visit with the board-certified dermatologist at apostrophe.com slash rivalry and use our code RIVALRY. This code is only available to our listeners. To get started, go to apostrophe.com slash rivalry and click begin visit. Then use code RIVALRY at sign up and you'll get $15 off your dermatologist visit. That's apostrophe.com slash rivalry and use code RIVALRY to get your dermatologist visit for $15 off. And we thank Apostrophe for sponsoring the podcast. Is music a big part of your life? Let me tell you about Anchor, Spotify's podcasting platform. There are creation tools that allow you to easily and quickly record and edit right from your phone or computer. And best of all, Miss Stang, she is free. With Anchor, you can create a Music Plus talk show. With Music Plus Talk, you can add any songs from Spotify directly to your episodes. Alongside talk segments featuring your commentary, Miss Day, this is revolutionary. This is the future. This is happening now. Music Plus Talk is a new way to create with all the music that you love. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's from music analysis, your own radio show, a hosted playlist, a deep dive on your favorite genre or artist, or something the world's never heard before. You can do it with Anchor Music Plus Talk. Anchor will even help publish your show on Spotify so you can reach hundreds of millions of listeners. Got an idea for a Music Plus Talk show? Just head over to anchor.com FM slash Music Plus Talk. That's anchor.fm slash M-U-S-I-C-P-L-U-S-T-A-L-K to sign up for Anchor and make your own Music Plus Talk show for free. Money, we've been doing the podcast for 15 minutes already. You still not together? <laughs> anyway, welcome back, everyone. <laughs> uh, welcome back. We have our special guest, Ms. Keisha Carr. Keisha! Keisha! The legendary mother of the house of cards. You are one of those, you are those drag queens who's like my age, but you have like so many. I mean, I, don't, I also have a lot of drag kids, but you you never stopped bearing. After I got on drag race, I said, it's a wrap. I'm done with the kids. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. I I got my uh, tubes tied though, so we. Keisha, good now. No, like, no, 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 no. Right. Keisha always say her tubes is tied, and then three months later, like that I'm fucking baby popping that up somewhere. That is not true. Monet, we just started, and you already lying <laughs> on me like this. Really? It's gonna be one more sad little drag queen being like. Keisha, please. <laughs> Sparrow wig. What am Can I faking? What is wig? <laughs> I can't. I can't. No, no y'all. Please, please, please welcome the legendary Keisha card to sibling rivalry. We love Keisha very much. The bearded queen. So the I was, bearded I was, queen. So, so we were just talking. We were talking about. We were talking about um, uh, uh, Ludwig, who is this drag <laughs> oh, kid. Oh my God. Was, is Ludwig your drag daughter? N no, I haven't <laughs> even spoken to this person in like four or five years. <laughs> so what happens is when you're a New York City drag queen, e every queen experiences this. There just comes a point where there's this one like little queer that just follows you around everywhere yeah. and then is obsessed with you. I had one. Um, he ended up doing drag. His name was Dylan Santos. He was this Brazilian. Oh my God, Dylan! Oh yes. yeah, I forgot oh about Dylan. <laughs> I just saw Dylan on on, on TikTok. Like, hey, girl, but Dylan like just ran one day. Dylan showed up one of my shows, and you know who another one? Taylor was another one. Taylor, I was like, girl. You had, you had, didn't you have a stalker though? Like, like one that was like that, but then it was like got real crazy. Bob. A stalker? I I do have one, and I'm not gonna talk about that one. But I do have <laughs> okay, one I knew I wasn't is... crazy. Okay, wait, hold yeah, on. Okay, we is... gonna talk about his ass because I, I don't even know about the stalker one. Money, he's probably listening. Like, I, <laughs> I'll tell you what. Anyway. <laughs> and then Monet had one, a, a, a young queer that used to always show up and be obsessed with Monet. And then it ended up, Monet didn't even know this. It, that's Egypt. Egypt was a Monet <laughs> stand before she was doing drugs. not. <laughs> she did because I was I was doing because I was doing bad drag queen and then Monet like filled in one time uh -huh. and then I uh, then I came back to do the gig and then Egypt showed up. Used to, Egypt used to do bad drag exclusively. That she is true. That doing, is true. That is true. To, and then I got back from drag where then Egypt, Egypt was like, um, "Who are you?" <laughs> <laughs> wow. Like, Egypt did come to a lot wow. of my shows, but I, but I, I think that like a lot of the a lot of the queens now who like are you know like Egypt and a video who a Yasmin who like loves to see who Tina's drag kid I think like a lot of them were the ones who would be like sitting in the audiences like at all of our shows yep. all the time and now they got their own shows doing their own thing now it's crazy. And they're on drag and Rose now they're on drag race. Yeah. And, well, and so, now so, they're so, on drag race. So that story. So Ludovic, he was this <laughs> French kid who would follow Keisha Carr around, and he and he had this thick ass French accent. And every time at any show at Keisha show, he'd be like, Keisha, Keisha, um, Hamone, <laughs> have you seen a Keisha? Where is Keisha? And he was like obsessed with you. BB Bray. I literally don't think you say my name any other way. Like when you see me on the street, you'd be like, Keisha, Keisha. <laughs> now Keisha Carr has been doing drag for Keisha, how many how many years have you been doing drag? Um uh December 15th of last year was 12 years. 12 years of shave. Work. You better work, yep. girl. 12 years, <laughs> 12 years of shave. <laughs> Come on, memoirs. <laughs> no, that is that is really fierce. Because I remember when you first moved to, um, everyone knows when, like, I, mean, I don't even know what the New York City nightlife scene, I can't lie and act like I'm so steeped in the nightlife scene now, but I remember when we used to all cycle every single competition. Yep. It was Peppermint, it was Tina Burner, yep. it was, uh, those were the two. Saliva. Were the two, Pet Post oh, two. and in Saliva with Thorgy and Azraea. 
Yeah. yeah, and saliva. And we would just cycle them. So there were these queens. So whenever a new queen showed up, two of the biggest queens to like every three of the biggest queens, everyone was like, oh my God, there's this new queen. It was Keisha Carr. Uh, when Sable City showed up, everyone was like, who the fuck is Sable City? Because she was sweeping. And then it was um, Maddox Madison, rest in peace. Oh, Maddox. Maddox, Maddox I think it was. Maddox. Maddox used to come in and like, she won at Barracuda, I think like 25 weeks in a row. And they were like, girl, That's you can't come crazy. Yeah. Okay, okay well, Madison, what and Maddox, Maddox, you could see in pitch black. Because she was literally yeah. wearing white highlight. <laughs> she was lit, yeah. all of this was blown the fuck out, bitch. Oh, Maddox. Yeah. And, and also Keisha and Bob, white. like when, when when I was coming up, you know, Keisha and Bob were like the black queens in the city. Like if you are, uh, oh God, Bob, please. They were like, if you are, if you want to strive to be like someone, like y'all were the best entertainers. Y'all shows were always super well attended and y'all were, um, y'all were those bitches. You even asked well, me to be. You even asked me to be your drag mother at one point. I did. I did. So fun story. So Jasmine, the application uh, <laughs> process must have been really tough back then. <laughs> well, not really. Uh, nowadays, not really tough because uh, Joe Jasmine Rice on slivered on in there. Anyway, so Jasmine Rice were doing drag together, and then and then Bob um Bob was doing his own thing. Like I didn't see Bob shows a lot, but I would see Honey Davenport's. Well, at at, at the very beginning, I would see Honey Davenport's uh, pictures. She was in Get Out. She had just won something so she was like in a lot of publications and stuff and then but Keisha was like I was like Keisha's really tall Keisha's like there's so many things that, that I want to do so Jasmine just Jasmine asked Keisha so you wanted to be tall like Keisha <laughs> you thought if, Will you, be my drag? you thought if Keisha was your drag and she mom, was fair you'd I just, be tall I just said do she you was understand how genetics work Monet <laughs> <laughs> I just said Keisha was fierce many times. Anyway, so then Jasmine Rice was like, I'm going to ask Keisha to, to be my drag mother. So, so you, Keisha, she asked Keisha. Keisha said yes. And I was like, ooh, I'm going to ask her too. So I went to ask Keisha, and Keisha was like, no. And I was like, oh, okay. Okay, like, okay. Well, That's not entirely what happens. You asked okay, what I happened? said no because, what did I tell you? Do you remember? I don't you know, remember. Okay. Because at the time you were doing like real gender fuck drag. You were like ball headed and like like painting weird shit on your face and whatnot. And I was doing very <laughs> fish pageant, blah, blah, blah drag. And I said, oh, yeah, you yeah, are yeah. more. And Honey was Sir Honey Davenport at the time. And she was doing yes. gender fuck drag. And I said, I think your aesthetics are more aligned. And now you are pussy, she's pussy, and I've got a beard on my face. So. <laughs> my tables have turned. And also, do you remember the time when they would, people would, people would confuse Bob and Keisha all the time. All the time. They would, like, they would confuse y'all every, all the time. Well, I was skinny. Back then I was real skinny. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Now that you're gone, they use Kareem McJagger and uh, he has muscles. So. <laughs> I'd be like, but they Keisha's have the one who doesn't Sorry. wear the titties. I'm the one with the titties. <laughs> Keisha's the one who's not wearing titties. Without yeah. titties. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Anyway, so I want to, let's let's jump into our topic. So this is let's something do me and Monet have been actually wanting to talk about for a minute now. But let me say this. I cannot speak for, uh, for my sisters here. I can say this about myself. I am not a social scientist. I am not a biologist. I am not, I don't know much about human anatomy. I don't know any social sciences. So we're talking about a topic called transracialism. But let me say right now, these are all just from a few things that I've looked up in the past day. Um, and actually, since we've been talking about it, I've looked up a few things here and there. But I just want to say, I, I am not an expert on any of this. So take this with a grain of salt and a shot of penicillin. You sound like, like, like Alyssa Edwards. Um, I, I am not a seamstress. 
I'm not a singer, <laughs> but I know I'm a fierce queen. But I'm a fierce I may not queen. be a seamstress. <laughs> I may not be a dancer. I may not be able to lip sync. I may not be able to walk in heels. I may, I might not even be on this show. But, but I'm a but fierce bitch, queen. I, I think if you don't have any of that, I might not be able to do comedy. I might not be able to perform well. My outfits might be shit. My makeup might be horrible. Despite all that, I am a fierce queen. <laughs> So the topic of transracialism, transracialism came up because, actually, I was at Keisha's house uh, right before one of our friends, Dustin, right before Dustin and mm -hmm. Cody moved away. We were at Keisha's house, having a little kickback, you know, um, uh, uh, a few a few party... Not, I don't say party favors, because not, not those that no, party no, favors. No, wait, 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 back up, bitch. <laughs> wait a grass. minute. What in the Puerto Vallarta? What in the Puerto Vallarta? We, we, this oh. is a Smirnoff house only. No, I'm kidding. Uh. <laughs> and then Keisha was like i want to i want to throw something into the room and i was like oh lord what is this and she was like transracialism and my mind my brain was immediately like what the fuck and then keisha explained what transracialism is to me and then after like talking about it for like a good solid 30 minutes i was like i think that this is really a thing and i and i think that it's worth talking about and dissecting it because I, I i find it to be really fascinating and really interesting especially now that we are moving into the era of um now that i think they're calling this new generation the dreamers so because you know uh uh their their generation that i is, think dreamers are are specifically referring children, to right uh immigrant children oh is it just so we're clear, yeah. yes, Monet. Dreamers <laughs> is about like Mexican kids who live here. Oh, I th I, I thought they were saying the generation after Z were the dreamers. Bitch, no, <laughs> no, Monet. <laughs> dreamers, no, that's not it, boo. Dreamers, no. Well, anyway, so with children. thinking about Generation Z and these and 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 the, whatever these kids are going to be called after that and and going forward, I think that a lot of this is going to come in play because I think that the we're looking at kids who I have friends, a, a friend of mine, she has, she has a daughter that's eight years old. Her daughter just came up to her saying, "Mom and bye." And they're wait, having, wait, just to be clear, I would say this, just to be clear, the dreamers are people who are affected by the Dream Act, the Development Relief and Education for Alien Minors Act. So I, it's not just Mexican kids, but, right. a lot, but a lot of the dreamers happen to be Mexican. Um, yeah, so so shifting yeah. to these new kids, I think that these kids are going to be... Are, I, I think that people are going to start identifying this, and I wanted to talk to my two good friends about it. Okay, so here's a quick question. Did If Rachel Dolezal had been discovered today, would it be as harsh as it was for her? And my second follow-up question was, were we too harsh on Rachel Dolezal? I think I, I think if you if this happened today, yes, it would just it would still be as swift and as uh, damning as it was uh, when it happened. Um, mm -hmm. Were we too hard on her? I think she's a martyr for what's to come. Um, mm. You know what I mean? I think I think there are you know you gotta what do they say you gotta crack some shells to make eggs or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's it's one of those situations. I think she's just the first of. To, to open this conversation. Yeah. And if you if, if there's anyone who's way too young to know who Richard Dolezal is, Richard Dolezal was at one point the head of the NAACP for Spokane, Washington. And one day she was at this interview and this guy was like, are you, are you white? And she was like, and then she's like, kind of got quiet. And then he was like, bitch, are you white? <laughs> like, <laughs> duh, duh. And she was like, I'm leaving. And then they found out she's not black is she's like but i identify as black and then everyone's like <gasps> yeah oh 
And then it was just, I mean, it was wild. Her her entire life was upended. Oh, destroyed. Because she said she was black. She, she, she has that documentary. I mean, you watch the documentary I was on Netflix? Say, she has the documentary on Netflix. That's so crazy. Keisha, sorry. Wait, you know she changed her name, right? Her name is now Inkichi Diallo. Oh, she's still doubling down on the Africanness yes. of it all. Yes. That's not doubling. Her name that is, is Inkichi Diallo. That is tripling. Inkichi Diallo. <laughs> okay, let me just say one thing about Janelle Zoe. Have you seen the hair that she does? Yep. And she can do she it herself. She out here. Yeah, she, she out here doing herself. some hair. I'm not even going to be mad about it, baby. The hair is laid. <laughs> um, let me just, for, for every, anyone who's listening who doesn't know what it what it, what the definition of the word is, this is what is coming up online. Now, there isn't like a, a proper Merriam-Webster one or Oxford one. I think this is one that people have come up with to, as a... It's a new... Yeah. It's a new, it's a new it's a term. New conversation. Yeah. It's a new term. So it says, trans, transracialism. Transracial people um, are individuals who assert a racial identity for themselves, which differs from their birth race. So that's like me being born in, um, in, in Brooklyn of West Indian American... I mean, of West Indian parents, Carib parents, and but me identifying as white like like that that would be an example of me identifying with transracialism well that's well that's just to be clear being west indian does not say what your race is no i was just just i was just giving the whole landscape i said born in born in brooklyn of west indian parents um uh black black a black family black parents but identifying as white that would be an example of transracialism Oh my God! <laughs> in short, in niggas. short. Um, <laughs> um, so here's my question to you. Well, this is not a question, but I'm saying like this: this black folks don't do this. I have not known any black folks to be like I'm not. I'm actually white, or uh, that's not true. Maybe I've seen a few black folks. Well, actually, no. Christian Walker. I've not seen any. Ooh. Christian Walker doesn't say he's white. He's he he. I think Christian Walker is. Um, problematic, but Christian Walker does not say that he's white. This is true. I don't. I can't think of any black people in any set that I know from TV, from film, from the social media who are like I'm actually. Except that one girl on Doctor Phil, but Doctor Phil be they be acting on Doctor Phil. Yeah, girl, fully. Acting. Oh, but but there's her. I mean, like I don't know if Sammy Sosa says he's white, but Sammy Sosa has definitely gone through what I would equate. This is going to probably get me in trouble, but what I would equate to like. Uh, like racial assignment surgery, like he's literally bleaching. He's white now. Is he's he really like, well, like, like physically white? I think bleaching, but bleaching your skin doesn't make. For example, no, I'm not saying it makes it. I don't know Jackson. if he's actually identifying yeah. that way. I'm just saying that, like, if there oh, are black yeah. people, like, probably one of the biggest ones that we all can remember. Well, not all of us, because there are very young people here. But like Michael Jackson, when I remember looking at Michael Jackson TV and thinking to myself. This isn't just a white man. This is one of the literal whitest people I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. What I found out, and then my, then I watched the Jackson Five movie, and I was like, "Who are these little black kids playing Michael, this little black kid yeah. playing Michael Jackson?" Because right. there's no because Michael Jackson's white. My mom was like, "No, Michael Jackson is is black," and I was like, I remember being like, "Now I know that Michael Jackson has had vitiligo, and I think that Michael Jackson. There are some cases where people have turned completely white from vitiligo. It is pretty rare." It is pretty rare. A lot of times people have vitiligo, like someone like Winnie Harlow, someone to turn that white in the vitiligo is actually relatively rare. Like our friend Brenda Darling has vitiligo, but it's really light. You can barely tell. It's like she's light skinned, like a little bit more light skinned on her right hand. Yeah, yeah. Um, Well, I want to. Oh, wait, but I'm not done. But I do think that Michael Jackson was evening out his tone. And then also, 
making his nose skinny and then also straightening his hair and doing a lot of things that made him look like a white person. But then he also said many times, I am black. I remember when they were like, they were going to have a white kid play him in the movie. He goes, why would I want a white? I'm so, I'm so proud to be black. And we were like, are you? <laughs> <laughs> are y'all talking about um, the Michael Jackson movie, the one they used to play on BT all the time? I forget. Uh, what, what the American Dream? Yeah, American bitch. Dream. So good. That is such a black and ass they were, movie. And they were going to cast the white. They were going to cast the white kid to play him. That that would have been, actually. What? No, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. Oh. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh my god! Cancel! Cancel! It was Emma Stone. <laughs> it was Emma Stone. It was Emma Stone. <laughs> It was no guys. It was really um, Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett but Johansson. Now, um, <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so I want to pose this question: Do y'all think someone can be transracial? Keisha. I think. How do I say this? I I think that I'm not pro transracial. I'm pro equality. So I think that mm-hmm. if we agree that transgendered people are uh, are a thing and and they deserve to be to identify. However, they identify, and we, and, you know, we acknowledge them. That I don't think we can say no to transracial people that claim transracial. Well, I've thought about it a lot, and I feel like transracialism seems to boil things down to what you've experienced and what you act like and talk like and look like. And I'm like, but that's not the thing that makes you black. But I also want to point out this too, just like gender, race is completely a social construct. Construct, 100%. It is not, yeah. it is not a thing. It is something that we all just have agreed upon mm-hmm. and we're just like navigating through the world being like, yeah, race is fully a thing. And I think that's most probably most prevalent in terms of the Latinx community. Like when it was, this was wild. When I went to Brazil, I met people who were like calling themselves white, and I was like, "Oh, in America, no one would call you white." Mm. Like they were like, "Yeah, I'm white," oh, yeah. and I was like, "You're not white. I was like, you're whiter than me, <laughs> but you're not white. You're brown." In America, everyone would be like, "You're Hispanic, or you're Latinx, yeah. or you're, or you're, um, yeah, you're you're Latino." No one would call you white but because they were comparing themselves to the citizens of the favelas who are primarily very dark skinned they were calling themselves white which really blew my mind yeah they called that they that they consider themselves white they were like they were like as dark as like bruno mars almost well and and i think for me kind of snowballing off what keisha is saying i'm like um i i think everyone on this call right now agrees that trans like uh, uh trans transgender is a very real thing we all have trans right. friends we all have friends who identify with that experience so and uh, looking at what that is which is being um being assigned a gender at birth that you do not identify with so if right. we use that how can we say that if you are born a race that you don't that you don't identify with then you are you should you be allowed the same liberties to uh, which would be trans to to be transracial because if we if we all agree that transgenderism is a thing then transracialism I feel falls under those same barriers or same uh, constructs. So then my question is: If you are born white and you identify as black, under the idea that we're all like, yeah, you're transracial, is that person now eligible for an like an end up like an NAACP scholarship? Okay, so this is this is where I like have or, my or, issues. Sorry, United Negro United Negro yeah, yeah, College yeah. Funds. This is where I have my issues. I don't, I like if th- if this person wants to if this person says I don't identify as white, I'm a black person. That's who I am. That's what I identify as. 
you're not, I, I don't think you are entitled to, say America one day was like, you know what, we actually gonna give reparations to all these niggas. And they gave out <laughs> reparations. <laughs> and... You don't, get, how, you, don't get how you don't get a piece I, of that. I think that's how Joe Biden's going to be saying it. Joe Biden's going to be like, look, these niggas deserve this. He's going to have Kamala right there at the podium when he says it, too. Right. Uh, but no, I don't, think, I don't think that you get to reap the benefit. Oh, the, the benefit. Not that it's a benefit, but like you don't get to reap the um, reparations. The, rep the actual reparations. Um, because you have now decided, if you're going to be transracial and you black, you are new black. You, you start from yeah. zero it, from today. You are black from today <laughs> forward. Well, it also makes sense, too, because if there were a reparations moment, it would probably be specifically for descendants of American slaves. Right. Yeah. So I don't think that people from the Caribbean, yeah. people from Africa, yeah. and, you know, black folks from London who live, happen to be living in America right. would get any, you know... Uh, Tiana Lewis, what's in it? Liana Lewis ain't getting reparations. <laughs> you know what I mean? but, uh, but, but I have a feeling that descendants of, of American slaves would. But that is the same. That's the same conversation. Like um, what we're talking about now is what people um, say for transgender folk who you were you were assigned male at birth and you um, and you have transitioned to be to be to be a woman to be female. So then they're like, so then you don't get to participate in women's sports, and that is a real conversation. So I think that this like the simile of benefiting from that race and playing in sports. Well, that's a, but there's there's two different. That's apples and oranges. Are they? Like, yeah, that's not quite the same thing. Yeah, because how? for someone to like, what is it that a what being transracial? And first of all, I would like to say this. If you are a transracial and you're like, I now want college, 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 college scholarships from the United Negro College Fund, which, by the way, the United Negro College Fund is a private. It's not government owned. Right. It is private. Yeah. They give them to who they see fit. Right. They, they do. They are not. They do not owe any of us scholarships. Just because you're black doesn't mean you get one. And just because you say you're black doesn't mean you get one either. Half the time, most folks who apply for a scholarship from the United Negro College Fund don't get them. I don't even know if they still do them. I've been out of college for so long. I don't even know if they do them anymore. Quite frankly, I don't know for. I a got fact one when either. I went to college. That's all I know. Did you really? Work. I mean, when you yep. went to college, there were still slaves. Bitch, <laughs> <laughs> you were one of them. Shut up. Yeah, but to the transgender point, like, I don't think it's. I don't think it's the same thing. Um, allowing someone to participate in a and what is now their gender and and not and disallowing someone to reap the benefits of uh, a historical injustice are two different things. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't think it's a perfect match, but yeah, I mean, I I I I was I'm, I'm like trying to process it as I'm saying and I guess yeah, that does make yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I could see well, that. Well, let me define race while we're sitting here. So, according to Webster uh, Merriam-Webster dictionary, any one of the groups that humans wait any one of the groups that humans are often divided into based on physical traits regarded as common amongst people of shared ancestry so essentially according to this if you look black you're black you're black right and if you look white but that's not white. true that's not true bitch you don't get to make the definition this is based on what i mean that's your interpretation Wait, so read it again. This is not my read, interpretation. Read it again. Read this it again. This is Miriam. Okay. 
any one of the groups that humans are often divided into based on physical traits regarded as common among people of shared ancestry. That basically means if you look black, you're black. That is a stupid definition. We all know uh, white people who, ha who, who, who have black features in terms of nose and lips and blah, 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 and not, and not ones who have injected themselves or had surgery to look so, who are not black. So that is a stupid definition. I'm, I'm, and I'm mad that Miriam got that shit on her website. I'm going to text that <laughs> bitch right now. Well, I don't know that Miriam is the only one that has it, but it's so. I mean, according to that definition, Rachel Dolezal is. But if Rachel was passing for black for years, for ten years, baby, no nobody knew anything, the difference. Then, yeah, then is she black? According to Miriam Webster, she is. I think that definition is a little is a little dodgy, and I that seems crazy. Okay, let's let's do Cambridge Dictionary. Let's say, do Cambridge Dictionary. Okay. One of the main groups to which people are often considered to belong based on physical characteristics they are perceived to share, such as skin color, eye shape, etc. So based on both the definition, race is about how you look, which is why, which is why people, money is shook, which is why whenever people say like, what is your race? And they say, I'm Hispanic. I'm always like, that's not, you can be Hispanic and like, there are white Hispanic people. Being Hispanic does not mean that you are not white. It means you are from a country where they speak Spanish. It does not, just people like Celia Cruz, who was Hispanic, but she's also black. black. Yeah, yeah, she's black Hispanic. You know what I mean? So if you, so based on that definition, and we can't make a problem, you know, I strongly say we cannot make a problem definitions. If you look black, you're black. I'm so shook right now. I literally feel like I'm, I'm, I'm shook. I'm <laughs> fucking shook. That like the like the definitions of the of the word race is basically bitch if you look like it you are I'm so fucked up by that I'm never gonna hold y'all I'm fucking fucked up I mean that's I mean but like think about it Monet that's kind of what our society is t tells us every day Yeah, yeah. I, I mean you know what I would say Monet you are what you are and you are what you experience if you are having black experiences you're black if you're having white experience it's kind of like it's kind of like someone who, it, you know, who's the, you know, I think why definitions like this exist for people who are mixed race, who are re, like, for example, Barack Obama's black. Right. Barack Obama's not white. Barack Obama is not white. Right. Full stop in the discussion because Barack Obama looks black. He's treated black. Mm -hmm. Everyone looks at Barack Obama like, that's a light-skinned black guy. He's black. Yeah. Therefore, you, so I think that it can't just be what's in you because we have so much, you have so many things in us. You know what I mean? However, it, it can be about how you're perceived. You are what you are and you are your experience. So since Barack Obama is having a black experience, he is a black man. Now, but on, on, on the flip side of that, let's just say in an alternate world where, where Barack Obama looked like what he is, but oh, but Obama is like, no, he identifies with, with his white side. He's like, no, I'm white. He's not wrong. Even though- No, he is because you are what you look like. Perception is Based reality. Definitions, but like if, if the, he if is the literally world, no, half no, white, I, half black. And but that and but that's exactly what we're talking about, kind of. I mean, like, if this person identifies as this this thing, they say, "I am this." Who are we to say that 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 they are not? Well, by the definition, we can say that they are not because you can't you you know. I don't know. This is crazy. I'm really fucked up. <laughs> now there are lots of now there are lots of black people who don't necessarily look black. We also know that having dark skin isn't the only characteristic that makes you black. Everyone knows that albino people exist, right. but also albino black people and albino white people do not look the they same. They don't. They look very different. 
albino black people look like black people who are white, who have white skin. Yeah. And albino white people look like people from the Matrix. <laughs> oh my <laughs> like God. Characters of the Matrix. Wow. So are we saying that transracialism so, is not a thing? I'm not a sociologist. <laughs> I don't know. I just I, I, just, I know that I would like to. Go ahead, Rob. Go ahead, Keisha. I'm just I'm just saying that I can't deny it. I'm not saying that it is or isn't. I'm agnostic about trans transracialism. Like I, I can't say that it that it is a thing, and I can't say that it isn't because there's we, I don't think we have enough information necessarily to to make that determination. Yeah. I mean, for all we know, this might be one of the first uh, discussions on a on a platform that gets over a hundred thousand subscribers, even talking about this. I mean, quite frankly, this might be the biggest conversation about transracialism outside of Rachel Dolezal, for all we know. <laughs> so let's talk about what ethnicity is. Okay, ethnicity. Webster Dictionary says of or relating to large groups of people, class class according to common racial, national, tribal, religious, linguistic, or cultural origin or background. Okay, so it's basically if y- if y'all if y'all from the same place, if y'all speak the same language, if y'all eat the same food, if y'all listen to the same music, you're in one ethnicity group. So, which is why they say being Hispanic means you're from a Hispanic speaking country, um, whereas me being um, Latinx is essentially people who that includes like Brazilians are not his, are not Hispanic. Right. But Brazilians are Latinx. Yeah. Well, but this this is really interesting because so like I, I talked about this on, my, on on YouTube the other day about how you know I recently when I went back to St. Lucia a few years ago, or and I see it on on a lot on the YouTube and stuff like that. You see Asian folk who grew up in Haiti, Jamaica, St. Lucia, whatever, and bitch they speak patois. They don't speak um, whatever um, uh, uh, their families grew up speaking. They don't speak Cantonese or Japanese or Korean, whatever it is. They for all for all intents and purposes, besides their skin and everything else, they identify with being. They they're not they don't identify with, well they identify with being Caribbean. So, but also Caribbean is is an ethnicity. But black is a race, so they don't identify with being black. But ethnically, I don't think Caribbean is an ethnicity. Yes, it is. By the definition, it is. I, let me read this. Let me read the definition. Large again. groups of people oh, class according to, to common racial. Go ahead. Oh, you read it. You read it. I've, I've been reading the whole time. Jacob's gonna look it up in the meantime. Um, well, actually, let's, in fact, you know what? Yeah, let's take a break I, I, and we'll I, talk I, about I it. I said I was going. I was going to say that. I said it first. <laughs> The best part about a new year is getting a clean slate. And speaking of clean, I've got some 2021 health plans myself. I'm actually doing keto right now. If you've listened to the podcast at all or listen to any of my social media, you know I'm doing keto. The main part about keto is telling everyone that you're doing keto every 10 seconds. Now, I want to be my healthiest self, and I don't mean just losing weight. Thanks to FitTrack, I can get in-depth insights on my fitness progress and reach goals faster. Now, FitTrack is all about measuring health, not just weight. The DuraSmart scale measures 17 vital health metrics, including BMI, hydration levels, muscle mass, and much more. With FitTrack, I get personalized insights and a clear picture of my overall health. That's because the Dara Smart Scale accurately hones in on my unique body type, which is luscious, by the way, and gives me the information I need to get the results that I want. Now, with FitTrack, I can build better habits and make a real long-term lifestyle change versus a little quick fix. Being able to compare my goals to the progress I'm actually making with FitTrack's measurements keeps me accountable and motivated because I know my body and the areas I need to focus on. 
So the Dara Smart Scale helps me reach fitness goals eight times faster. Plus, the Dara Smart Scale syncs with the FitTrack app. So all my health insights are saved in one place. You can also add up to eight users on the Dara Smart Scale so everyone in the family can do it. You and your buddies, if you have a fitness group, y'all can all, but as long as you're, you know, social distancing. Stop measuring weight and start measuring health with FitTrack. Go to getfittrack.com rivalry to take 50% off your order. Plus, for a limited time, you'll also have an additional 10%. That's G-E-T-F-I-T-T-R-A-C-K dot com slash rivalry to save 50% plus get an additional 10% off your order. Don't miss out on this amazing limited time offer. Get fittrack.com slash rivalry. Okay, and we is black. Maybe. I don't know. We, I, we're all deciding what we are. <laughs> right? <laughs> Okay, Say so the definition, maybe Jake was black now. <laughs> Say it loud. The definition of I'm ethnicity. <laughs> of or relating to large groups of people classed according to common racial, national, tribal, religious, linguistic, cultural origin, and background. So these Asian people who are born in Jamaica, they have everything. I, I, I don't think this list of things they listed are exclusive. Like it's, it's not like you have to have all of these things to be that ethnicity. And Jacob, let us know if Caribbean is an ethnicity. I don't know. It's kind of. The answer is like generally not. There are multiple ethnicities and they have different groups in the Caribbean. Yeah, I mean, because if being Caribbean is an ethnicity, then being African is, is an, an ethnicity. Ethnic. Yeah. And that's not. Or, or and by that state, being American is an ethnicity. Or, or being North American is, is an ethnicity. And I don't think that, I don't think, and again, I'm not a social no, scientist. No, 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 like, no, no, no. That, being, That's different because if you, let's say, if you say North American, North American has many different, and of course, in, in the Caribbean, not everyone is Catholic, but I would borderline saying like, 70 80 percent of the people you meet will identify under the same religion speak the same language uh this are obviously national um uh 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 origin and background so but in north america i think that's just vastly different north america has so like so many people are not those things like it's such so a what mix. about african then are africa is african an, an, an ethnicity yes but black is the <laughs> race <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't fucking know. This is genuinely confusing. It's, it's I don't hard. I I don't feel like because then then what's what is my ethnicity? What do me and Keisha who do not have ancestry in um the Caribbean? What, what do we get to be? Because everyone else, oh shit, I'm losing the <laughs> AirPod. I'm getting heated. <laughs> if if everyone else is like African or Caribbean and we're just the black Americans, but everyone in America doesn't identify like us, what the hell are we? <laughs> are you going to tell me that me and Keisha are nothing? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what y'all hoes are. Y'all hoes need to get some culture. Baby, I, mean, I did 23 and me. Don't come with me. I know where I'm from. <laughs> Thank you very much. I know what I never... point of the slave trade I came from, baby. Trust and believe. <laughs> I've never done it. Have y'all have y'all both done twenty three and me? I've never done it. I did it like four years well, I ago. Mean, Gag. Yeah, back in the day I did Ancestry. Back before twenty three and me, I did Ancestry.com. Um, which is like Oh, the that's same what thing, I did. That's was, what I did. Ancestry. Yeah, it's an older company. And it it basically said, You're from this collection of West African countries. Yep. Which I've been there been there. Well, well, it's, well that's so funny because 
I because you know when like white people do it, they get so excited. They're like, yeah, I'm like eight percent sub-Saharan African, and I'm also um ten percent Iberian Peninsula. So I'm like a little black and a little Spanish, and also um and also like German and whatever. I'm also four percent Siberian Husky <laughs> and three percent Rottweiler. He's like, yes, I love that blue okay. eye, bitch. Sit down. <laughs> but black people, the, ma- the majority of my black friends that do it, it just says African country. It, 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 no, it mean- comes back. It says. Nigga, like it's just, that's all it's <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it was. I think I found out that I was from the. I was uh, of the Mandingo tribe off the west coast of Africa. Are you being that funny? Or are you being serious? Said. I'm not being funny at all. Okay, that then. Is put your, your hands. You were Mandingo. Come on, Bob. Yes. I want put your. Come uh, put, on, Bob. Put your dick pic on the screen, and we'll we'll, we'll, we'll tell you what you are. Explain. Explain Mandingo. Mandingo. So for those you don't know, Mandingo uh, was very popularized in the 70s as a uh, category in porn, specifically referring to black men with humongous penises. That is what Mandingo was on. It was, it was, it was, it was before there was Ebony, there was Mandingo. Before so there was BBC. We so now we know why yeah. Jacob be smiling all the time in his damn podcast. Yeah. Hey! <laughs> Y'all are so baby. stupid. Mandingo ain't my baby, Henny. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Y'all are so stupid. Um, so I watched this video uh, from the, what was it, the Stanford um, prison? I'm trying to find it in the, in the document, but I can't find it. It's from the top right there. It's from the, I, I can't read this. Whatever. It's from like Stanford or something or whatever. <laughs> This I I can't. Yeah, it's gone, girl. Whatever, it doesn't matter. So I watched this video, and this this lady was like going on about like her studying race, uh, and she was basically saying like people were not only being considered that based on how they look. I mean, I would like to get the exact the exact thing so people can check it out. It was based on how they look and what they experience. So she was like, people would sit down with an interviewer a couple of years apart. And if you sat down initially and you went to college and you were like light skin and you like had blonde hair or whatever, and you went to college and had a degree in a family, they'd be like, oh, they, they were just, the, the person watching you would just write down white. And then if you come back and you had, her name was Aaliyah Saperstein. Um, and I'm going to get the, 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 the website or the YouTube pages on. And it was from the Stanford Center on Poverty and Inequality. And then if you have gone to prison over that time and you come back and you tell them, they just make you black. So like, I think 66% of people who were perceived white and then went to prison four years later came back, they were perceived to be black. Even though nothing had changed about them physically, the, the, the person watching just heard black, heard prison, and then made them black on the paper. Isn't that wild? Which makes it upsetting because then being black is about what happens to you as opposed to anything else. Mm-hmm. Like you're only black if you if you if you don't struggle. Just that experience. One hundred percent. Yeah. One hundred percent. And and I have some weird feelings about like I I don't disassociate from my ancestors' struggle or from my own struggles with being black, but I don't want that to be the defining thing that makes me black. Your struggle. Right. Yeah. You're true. Right. I, I feel that. I feel that. One hundred percent. I would like to to be what makes me black is that I'm I, I'm black and I have black skin and I'm and I'm black now. Like I want that to be what makes me black, not like because of all my life I had to fight. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I mean, like speaking speaking to that, like when me growing up, uh, I grew up in 
not rural Oklahoma. I grew up in the city. I uh, grew up in Oklahoma City, the, the city in Oklahoma. Um, and I grew up on an Air Force base. And so I was just surrounded by white people all the time, unless I went to church. And we were mm. in church a lot. Mm-hmm. But at church, the black people that I was around criticized me for the way that I spoke. They criticized me because I was effeminate. And so I started to push away from blackness mm-hmm. and associate more with whiteness because that's what was accepting or what I thought was accepting. And so now, even as an adult, I have a hard time sometimes like being comfortable in black spaces because still because of that shit 30 years later. Um, so I can understand the impetus to want to like to to feel as if you're something else. I just knew that I wasn't. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, imagine if Keisha was telling us she was white. You know me and Mona. Mon- you know we'd be like. <laughs> <laughs> Girl. Um, child. Anyway. anyway. So, like, that would be, if Keisha was she was, and I'm not laughing at anyone who's listening to who is transracial or who identifies as transracial, put it that way. But if, if Keisha was like, I'm white, that would be the. Y'all would gag. Imagine I would I would gag. Imagine if Jacob was like one day Jacob was he's like, hey babe, so um I identify as black. I identify as a black American Jew. Like you like what, what, what like in re, in reality, like what do you do? I'd be like, what in the Lenny crap is this <laughs> going on? <laughs> I said, suddenly Bob is dating Sammy Davis Jr. What? <laughs> like, what? What in the uh, what's the the new the comedian who just found out she was Jewish? What's her name? Oh, Ooh. Tiffany Haddish. I was like, what in the Tiffany oh, Haddish right, is right, going right, on right. on this day? But the, the, but it's so interesting too because like Black Americans do we do not break our ethnicity down by all these things. Yeah. No. Like like white folks would be like, girl, they they'll be like, I'm Jew, I'm Jewish. They don't say they don't say they're not white. They'll be like, "What are you like?" Well, I'm Jewish. Oh, like, and we'll be like, "Okay, I mean, which okay? That's not discredit the fact that you're Jewish, but if we're over the phone and for some reason I need to know, which I can't, I don't know why I need to know your <laughs> I was race like, Where's this going? over the phone. <laughs> but you telling me that you're Jewish does not tell me anything about what your skin looks like. But 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 white people also love doing this. They be like, I be like, um, what are you? They be like, um, I'm mixed. I be like, you're mixed. I be like, yeah, I'm like. Irish and I'm um Scotland I'm Scottish and I am um German and I'm also Russian. I'm like bitch, it's not mixed. That's fucking white. <laughs> that is a mix of whites. Yeah. Well, here's another thing to think about that people don't consider like a, being Asian is not it's not enough to just be born in Asia because there are lots of countries in Asia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For example, the entire Middle East is in Asia. Right. The whole Middle East so Middle Easterners are Asian. Most of Russia is in Asia. Yeah. Most of Russia is in Asia. So they're Asian. But we only consider like people from, you know, the far Japan, east. Um, China. Yeah, Far East. We only consider Far East people Asian. So I don't even know what to think about that because you can't say that someone who's born in Asia isn't Asian. Right. Or you also can't say that someone like, you know, because thing like it's weird that we give colonizers in America, they are they get to be American, they're not European, they're Americans. Yeah, yep. and they have completely colonized this land. And the people who have colonized chunks of Africa, people wouldn't call them African. Right. Although Charlie Charlize Theron is African. Yeah, she's South African. Yeah. She's South African. 
But see, but is she African? Yeah, she's African. <laughs> I wonder if Charlize Theron uh, asked, qualifies herself as as African. African. It's weird because if, if 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 Charlize Theron was on this call, she'd be the only African. <laughs> oh my God, that is true. She would be. She'd be the only African but, person. But, but I never understood why I don't get to be African. Like Mateo gets to be Italian. Well, no shade no, of Mateo. No, 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 people, no, no, no. From, okay, Mateo's Mateo's grandparents are from Italy. So, sure, super. You don't have to go back that far for my parents to be African either, okay? I mean, or someone someone who's like raised in Brooklyn, their parents haven't been to Italy, their parents' parents, they are ninth generation New Yorkers. They get to be Italian, but 100%. I don't get to be African. What's the No, that? that's not true. But you have to realize all those people normally they are they are steeped in heavily into that tradition. They still have they know us and they this is and they and they like actively participate in Italian traditions for the holidays, yada yada yada. If you know I have I have I have black friends in America who um, who actively choose to participate heavily in African traditions, so they call themselves African. Well, what you're not acknowledging is that they were allowed to still be steeped in their traditions. When slaves were brought to America, they were not given the option to keep doing African shit. It wasn't like, and we will bring your African books. You can worship your African lords yeah. or your African gods. They were like, you have to do, you have to assimilate. You can't read. You can't write. You can't speak your language. Even though you don't speak our language, you must learn. Your kids will learn our language. They can't learn your languages. You have to worship our God now. So it's not like black folks have just decided we don't give a fuck about African culture. We were literally cut off from it. It is, and it's, it's like someone who's raised in a, in a, their parents speak Spanish, but they were never taught. Right. They were cut off from being able to do that. It is, you have to actively go back and try really hard. If, you, if you're just raised in an Italian culture, you don't have to work hard to be Italian. I, I see your point. All right, all right, Bob, that was good. I see you, I see you. <laughs> <laughs> there was this, uh, I want to send you all this this TikTok. Maybe I'll take a break to say this because I want you to actually, it's, it's a long thing. You have to go like, you have to go a lot to watch it, but there was this video of this this guy right right around the intersection. This black guy was like, "Y'all, I don't know where we're going. I don't know where I'm from. But we leaving. We I we going that. we going I back to that. the motherland." I saw that. I it, I got no more time for this. I'm done. And then this African woman duetted, and she goes, "Yes, brother America, we are coming to pick you up right now from the airport." <laughs> and she was like happy, like, "Yes, brother, brother America is here. We are going to get him." And she was like really happy. And then someone else responded, and it got emotional. He was like, "This is so crazy because my whole life I've been told that Africans despise African Americans. I was Black I've been Americans. told that too. I've never. I was heard actually that. about to bring that too. up." I've never heard that. Well, not once. My whole life. Yep. My whole life, I've been. I think it's when you're when you're Black American, your parents are Black American. You are taught that Africans don't like us. They don't give a fuck about us. They yep. think we're snooty. Yep. They think we're the problem. We have been told this so many times. So I genuinely thought to myself, especially as a queer person, I was like, I would. I just thought to myself, I will not be welcome in Africa, which is horrible because I don't terribly feel welcome in America. So then I'm like, well, then where am I welcome? So this, and this man said, I, I didn't know I could go home. I had no clue that I could go home. I didn't know that was an option. Yeah. I did not know that was an option. And mm -hmm. I was like, that's why I didn't, I, when you're, that's the thing about being a black American, but it's a little bit, it's a little bit different for you, Monet, because you have a connection to a yeah, yeah, place. Yeah, yeah, I know. When you're a black American and you're the, the um, descendants of American slaves, all you have is this country that has been so shitty to us for 600 years almost at this point 
and we just never got a chance to get a leg up. And every time we do anything or build a little bit of culture, they tell us it's stupid. You 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 make names like Shaniqua, and they just say that's ghetto. That's fucking ghetto and stupid. And it's like we are trying to create culture, piecing it together from here, from right. France, from yeah, Africa, yeah. from the from the Caribbean, and trying to make some. So when when Black Americans wear a dashiki, maybe we wear it wrong. Right. But has anyone considered that it is, it is a yearning and a cling to have culture that we just don't know anything about? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And how are we supposed to celebrate where we're from when we're from a mixture of eight different countries? Because when our people were brought to this country, they were forced to fuck other slaves who were just as big as all they were. So now you got people from the Congo, from the um, from all over the place, you know, north parts of uh, West Africa, the south parts of West Africa. Excuse me. My family's Cameroonian. Uh, how dare you? We're Cameroonian, bitch. Don't you forget it. Anyway, regardless, but when you are trying to mix all this together to make something, and I understand how it can be annoying to see someone doing something that you revere and respect, but I just want to say, like, it's a lot of black Americans just not knowing. We don't, quite frankly, and I I feel embarrassed to say it, we don't know any better. Yeah, that's real. And a lot of times I'll have the money or resources to find out why, (laughs) to find out, you know, what's actually going on. Oh my God! So she, exactly because they're like you, there's no there's no there's no, there's no um, birthright for Africans, yeah. right? Which is something that Jewish that uh, Jewish folk do very well for. Like if you have a, a connection, I'm sure Jacob would speak to this way more eloquently than I can. But when when you are a Jewish American and you have a, a, a connection to a lineage to your ancestry, you can go back and get your birthright. You go back to the country and they pay for right. Jacob, am I right? They pay for you to come over there. Yeah, you don't. It's called birthright. You don't even have to have a connection. If you just say you're Jewish, they'll be like, if you say your mom is Jewish. You're Jewish, and you get to go on birthright. It is that easy. It, it is also important to note that birthright is a concerted effort by the Israeli government to yeah. bring Jews to back to Israel mm. to like repopulate Israel with Jews and continue oppression of the Palestinian state. God, can you quickly grab really? Microphone, baby? I, 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 I know all that. Ooh. It's in the bag. It's the why is how is soft. that gonna be the most controversial <laughs> statement on the whole podcast? <laughs> because it's because a fucking white person bag. said it. Soft. <laughs> really soft. That's it. But yeah, no. So that is yeah. So I did, okay, girl. Let me tell you. Let, let's get real, real. Y'all ready to get real, real? Let's, let's get real, real, real. Let's get real, girl. Let's get real. Or, or uh-huh. Jayla would say, it, "Let's get loud." I'm, I'm so con- loud. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so. Con- I don't know how to feel about this, and and I feel I feel embarrassed. I don't know enough about it. But I did a show in Tel Aviv. Yes, yeah, same. This was one of the most controversial things I've ever done. It was, people were going, then I had I had a few thoughts. One thought of mine was like, America has some fucked up politics right now. But coming to America, and my if you're coming to America and you're performing, does it mean that you support all of our values? Or does it mean that you're in America doing a show? Now granted, what, the fucked up politics in America are not quite the same as the political um, animosity between Israel and Palestine. Right. And one of my friends from Palestine, Henry, you remember Henry? Um, Henry was when Henry found out that I that I went to Tel Aviv. He was like, "What the fuck?" And it was like we had we had a very long discussion in Australia, where he now lives. He came all the way to my hotel room. Was like, "We need to talk about you going to um, Tel Aviv." And he um, spoke to me about it. And it's one of those things where I was like, "I don't, I don't even know what I don't know. I don't know enough about it to." to to be able to make a good decision, quite frankly. Yeah. 
I feel like that too. I I I did I did that same gig in Tel Aviv, and and I, I and I think a lot of it is, of course, me being a grown ass motherfucking uh, adult in this country. I can take it upon myself to learn about this stuff, but Americans, just in general, we are pretty oblivious to the world news at large. Like our our and, I, and I've been we've all we've been all over the world, and every 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 country like shows American politics and and, and, and American news. Whether you're in, in in fucking Paris, in Germany, in 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 Asia, in in Australia, it is American news. Like our our news is pervasive everywhere. But in America, it's not like that. We well, don't we don't yeah. un, un, unless that's you, a good point. Yeah, when I got to Tel Aviv. When I got to Tel Aviv, first of all, the people that I was performing with were, it was interesting because the crowd, I was in a liberal crowd, obviously, so they were not, right. they were pro-Palestine in Israel. They were like, but also driving to my hotel, I just drove by like five Donald Oh my Trump God, cars. yes, it me was, too. What? Yes, Donald Trump, like yes. billboards. And what? I was like, this is crazy. What? Yeah. Meanwhile, I live in New York City where they're ripping his name off of every building yeah. that he even walked near. You know what I mean? But in, in Israel, there were a massive, massive, like so many huge posters of a picture of Donald Trump. They love him in, in Israel. Then I got there and I was like, oh my God. Now, I'm sure that, uh, I mean, yeah, Trump is very, very pro Israel um, and anti Palestine. Is he really? You know what I mean? Y- yeah. I yes. Know that. Yeah. Yes. I don't know why that massively. Put that together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but I mean, I don't know if they're gonna be putting signs up, and we like a Dale in America, but they ain't no fucking billboards po- <laughs> 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 No, um, uh, <laughs> have have you had those experiences, Keisha, about especially at shows and stuff with with the with with similar experiences? With well, I mean, what do you mean? In in what regard? In terms of like Israel, uh, or, or 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 unknowingly doing something. Uh, about that you didn't know was problematic. Yeah, problematic. Oh yeah. Um, in regards to uh, I work in Hell's Kitchen. Uh, I didn't know that that was problematic um, until I was told, and <laughs> and several times by um, you know uh, black colleagues or or, or acquaintances I, that um, is working in Hell's Kitchen problematic. I was told that I was cooning for the white man in Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> oh God. Yep. Let me let, let me tell you what happened one time, and I wanted y'all's take on this. I was at this, I was at Barracuda doing my show, and you remember I used to wear white lipstick? Yes, yes. So I was at my show wearing my white lipstick, wearing a leotard, doing my show, and so my theme song used to go, "Bob the Drag Queen, can, can she, she turn, turn it?" it? And, at, and at the end of the song, it says, "She's one fierce Negro." Was at the end of the song because I think that's really funny, and I like making white people uncomfortable. Right. I lo- I just love that shit. So as, I remember the curtains open up. I do my number, and there is this like, like this one, no, like two black people who are just, I mean, hot, hot like fish grease, mad at me, and I was like, what is going on? And they were just like angry, like just kind of like squirting their face, and they just left. And then I did the whole show, and they came back at the end. They were like, we need to talk. And I was like, hi, what's going on? They were like, why are you cooning? And I was like. I was like, excuse me? What do you mean? And they were like, why you draw your lips so big? And I was like, this is the size my lips are. I didn't, I mean, I, I'm not Keisha Carr. I, was, I, didn't, I didn't make them, I didn't make them, I was like, but I didn't, I didn't make my lips bigger, bigger 
this is the size my lips are, and I painted them white, so they probably seem like, and you're wearing this like skimpy outfit. What's up with that? And I was like, well, this, I, a lot of New York City drag queens wear leotards. It's pretty popular in New York City to do this. And also I can't sew that well. So I just made myself a leotard cause it's really easy. And they were like, and there are no black people here, which drove me crazy cause that wasn't even true. Actually, it was so weird because at that moment, Mark, um, do you remember Solomon? Um, Solomon, Mark Sully yeah. um, and the one that hang up that looked like Shangela yeah. would always come to the shows and they were like there and I was like there are there are black people here and it, it was this weird situation where they were like they felt like because I was performing for a crowd that was mostly white yep. I was therefore doing something negative yep. or that I was yeah you know, being the WB frog. Yeah. Being, um... Not Michigan J know. frog. Not Michigan J. <laughs> Michigan J frog. And how to... But, how, like, what do you feel about that, Ma? Because you cause you love people who, who call people coons. Okay, Amanda Seals, okay, your favorite. I don't I love do. people that call people coons. I just say it. I have used that term. Do you love Amanda Seals? I love Amanda Seals. Do you love Amanda Seals? I love Amanda Seals. Do you... So, does she call people, does she call people coons? She does. So you love the car. Right, go ahead. Oh my continue. God. Anyway, and I have used that term. Like that fucking, the attorney general of motherfucking Kentucky is a fucking coon. And I will say it again. He's it's a piece a of shit. It's a coon. I agree. It's um, a coon. So, but I, I, I 100%. see this. So then what makes you, I feel like for me, I, I don't call people coons. I feel like for me, being called a coon is worse than being called the N word. A nigger. I just want to be clear. Not yeah. a nigger. A nigger. If a white person calls me a nigger, I'm like, child, you anyway, pff, um, child, anyway. But there's something about like me on that scene. And I was like, I was like, I'm just doing my show. I wasn't like, I don't remember doing anything else particularly like, hey, white people. Did you do your I slave number? Jokes that I would tell. I used to do my slave number, and I, and I, 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 I don't do mine anymore do either. Number, but... Yeah. What, 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 why did you stop doing your slave number? I stopped. Uh, I stopped doing it because the intent of it was being lost because what's what's happening mm. in our world and whatnot, people didn't want to look further into it. They just saw the surface mm. and didn't, didn't yeah. want to take it for what it actually, for what it actually was. They took it for what, you know. I mean, I haven't done my slave number in a really long time. For everyone wondering, it was this number where I did Slave for You by Britney Spears and it was cut in with um, Chris Rock talking about slavery. Um, and it was just this comment I thought was really, really brilliant. And it was a commentary on how Black people in America have been bred for the profit of America. And I remember whenever I would do that number and there were black people in the audience, they would get it and it would feel really great mm -hmm. because we'd be connecting on this level. But you, but when you're performing in New York City, specifically where we're performing, Hell's Kitchen, Chelsea, West Village, you, you can't make your audience entirely black. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And there are other people who are watching who are going to perceive how they're going to perceive it. And you know, and, and well, what do y'all think about this? Like, and I've seen it from like, uh, newer draggers girls or whatever who are, who are New York City queens saying how like um, that how the New York like it's only like the white girls it's, it's, it's only like the same queen uh, the same landscape of queens performing I'm like that's not true I feel like New York City is really pretty diverse in terms of queens who host shows and have their own shows like Bob Peppermint Almost. Bob uh, Peppermint I, Keisha Monet um, uh, Bianca Del Rio there is there is very little, very little Latinx representation in the New York City. Very little. Scene. Very it's, little. In, in Manhattan. Pixie is one of the 
only yeah, Latinx drag queens really performing in, in Manhattan yep. in Queens and Brooklyn. In the in in the the the, the Brooklyn drag scene, there are people like Lady Quesadilla who are doing drag uh, as well and mm -hmm. um, horchata, but it's also a big part of the like the the kooky art scene. Right. Um, and over in Queens, you have a lot of people who are like like Latinx queens who do like only songs in Spanish, who are like performing at Latinx clubs and and that whole thing like uh, Sanity Light and and you know Betty Betty Nice and those kinds of queens who used to do that stuff. But I will say, in if there's one, well, there is underrepresentation. I don't know any Middle Eastern queens. Uh, I, I do. Is that maybe Jolina Jolina Jasmine? Who? The Jolina. one who used to sing? Jolina. Jolina. No, no, no. Jolina. She's she's a, she's she's a she's she's really a, she's pretty. A dancer. She's a dancer. Dancer. Super skinny. Oh, yeah. but I also remember there used to be a queen named Sheila Dubai. Who, you know, um, who, well, I mean, I, I, I don't know if this is problematic, but you know, uh, Jackie Cox. Jackie Cox is Middle Eastern. Well, she identifies as. Oh, shit, Monet. I know. Is she transracial, Monet? What's going to be? What's going to be? Uh-oh. 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 I mean, even Asian, like Juicy Lou and. It used to be Yuha. Yuha used to not have. You forgot, not you forgot. Ja not you forgot your daughter. Jasmine Keisha. <laughs> <laughs> Jasmine Keisha. Damn. I um, love you, Jasmine. I mean, I love yeah. you. I, 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 I you my letters, as, but I love you. Um, but I mean, I, I think that I think that we can always try for more representation of more hues in the rainbow and more people. But um, I was just saying that in terms of the New York City escape, I feel like I feel like you do see a ray and an, an array of colors more so than other scenes that I've been to in traveling and going to other scenes where you go to a, a place like. You know, in like Phoenix, Arizona. Sorry to say, but that's one that sticks out of my head. Performing there and drag them and being drag them and me <laughs> being the queen and me being the queen coming from out of town and then still being the only black person in the bar. You know what I mean? Like that's crazy. Like one of the few times in my entire drag career where I felt like I was playing to a room that understood and that was super black and everyone was when I performed at DC Pride uh, a year, two years ago. It was. The entire audience was black people. A club in D.C. packed with all black people. That was also the same night that, that, that Tatiana showed up, and she got obliterated. I mean, Tatiana, if Tatiana hears this, that shit was, it was a really good fucking night. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was the first, and I was making all these jokes about things like, not necessarily Bobby Jones specifically, but things right. of that, and, the, and that diaspora, but things that, yeah, black shit. And it just felt so good to make those jokes and everybody would be like, ah, right. then get right. it. it. It's such a rare feeling. I got um, to work at yeah. um, Boxers Washington Heights for a little, for about a year. Um, and that was a very, that was a very, I quit. You, you know me. <laughs> like, you know me. You know me. Okay, I've had enough. I'm done. Um, Kija, Kija, what happened, Kija? <laughs> but those, but those audiences, I was very excited to, to do that because I was like, oh, it's going to be black people. This is what's, oh, this is going to be great. And then it turned out that it wasn't black people. It was all Latinx people. <laughs> and yeah, so then I, yeah. but then I found myself like I got on Duolingo. I was learning Spanish. I was looking up, you know what I mean? I was kind of immersing myself in another culture, which I was like, oh, well, this is actually good for me to do, to, you yeah. know, to try to learn yeah. something about these people that I didn't know anything. We don't have to do that with white people because we live it every day. Yeah, yeah.
and and that's something I, I want to point out also because there is a lot sometimes i just read the comments on our youtube and stuff like that not on patreon but on youtube and they're like why do why 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 do Monet and bob talk about so many uh uh why does it why is it always a race thing why is it always a black thing and it's because as people of black people specifically living in this country and like we like we were just said for the past 10 minutes right now the 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 majority of the audiences that we would you well once upon a time performed in front of would be majority the majority would be white faces staring back at us so actually more more black folks in the uk than, than oh, at our show. Australia is white. Australia is literally the whitest place I've ever performed. Yes, Large yes, yes. Indigenous, indigenous. Australia. But at our shows, a lot of white people. Yeah, at our shows. Like literally, I've been to shows, and done shows in Australia, and literally, it would be maybe, maybe two. Maybe two black folk would be there. So it's, uh, you know, so, um, yeah. So the reason why is because that is our lived in reality every time we perform or go into the store is what we're met with. So that's why black folk talk about blackness and race a lot because it is a lived reality every day. That's what you're faced with in every decision you do. Where can we find you on? All right, y'all. Where can we find you? Oh, yeah, yes, yes, uh, yes. You can find me on Instagram uh, and TikTok. I just started TikTok because that's what the kids are doing, apparently. Um, uh, both at That Bearded Queen. It's That Bearded Queen. Um, and uh, I do a show every Thursday on Scruff, if you have the Scruff app. Uh, it's called the Big Gay Strip Spelling Bee. Uh, we have two spellers. They take their clothes off if they get a word wrong. Uh, we have a lot of fun. Uh, we have lots of inclusive. We have trans contestants. We have white, black, everybody's in there. Like, we have a great time. Every Thursday, 6 Eastern on Scruff. But do you have any, do you have any, do you have any transracial contestants? <laughs> uh, not that they've disclosed. Well, thank you for coming by. Absolutely, thank y'all. Starbanks Avenue, a podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network.